Welcome to Cowl Fans, the casual fans home for Overwatch League news, a popped off podcast. We're coming at you from the first Brandon studio in Tampa, Florida. I'm Alurimore. I'm Haller. And we're going to jump right in here. We just experienced the stage two playoffs. Mm-hmm. And what a playoff it was. Yes. Start to finish. This was glorious. Sure. You didn't think it was glorious? I thought it was super great. Start. I thought there were a lot of, uh, I mean, the, the finals were really wonderful. Mm-hmm. And there were, a, there were a couple good playoff matches. And then there were, um, even though I guess there was like an upset, so that was fun. But there were a lot of stomps. True. <laughs> Let's be real. It's true. I don't feel like any. Ma- I feel like, in spite of some of the stomps, I feel like all the matches had a lot of hype behind them. Yeah, maybe excluding Titans Dallas, I would say there's a lot of hype. That map was just kind of like, yeah, they have no chance, and they had no chance. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so uh, let's let's talk about some of those games then. Yeah. You just said you. Uh, let's let's just touch on each of them real quick here as we go through. So, yeah. So the first game would have been Thursday, Shanghai versus Shock. Right. And this series was actually very entertaining. It was. Um, so we, we brought up the question in our last podcast, like, are Shanghai going to adapt from what they learned from their last game against San Francisco? Because they had just played, like, I think less than a week ago. Yeah. Um, before that match. So they come out, and it looks like they have adapted. Like, Ding's freaking um, FARA missiles look oh like my homing gosh. missiles. That dude was knocking out Violet left and right. Didn't matter if he was on Zen, he was on Moira. Like, Moiras are hard to hit. They could do the whole little fadey thing. Nope. Nope. Just bam every time. Like, he w- they were really doing quite well. They took the first map, and then they couldn't quite take anything from there. But gosh darn, did they keep it competitive. Like, they sure did. Uh, I think Sideshow said it on the desk. He said that Shanghai Dragons might be the fourth best team in the league. I think he said that Saturday before the mm. game started. After Saturday's games, yeah, I feel pretty darn confident. Yeah. They're the fourth best team in the league. Agreed. That's a pretty good thing. Um, yeah. For sure. I really, really liked Dings Farah. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. Um, but, and this is this is really what, what the Paris map. Mm-hmm. Mm, I felt so bad. <laughs> Because Shanghai did really great map one and two, right? Was Paris map two or was Paris map three? Uh, map three. Map three, right. So Shanghai won map the first map, came close on the second map, and then in Paris, they they just they got a little ahead of themselves in more ways than one. They, they mm. physically got ahead of their own team, <laughs> yeah. right? And it looked like Ding was going to take it back, right? Ding yeah. snuck around the side and started shooting in the side door in that room with his mm. rockets. And he picked he picked off two of two of the shock, and I was like, yeah. "Oh snap! Shanghai are gonna make this work." They but they couldn't because they did the rest of their team didn't disengage. Right. It really just felt like shock a shock are so clutch too. Shock are really clutch. It felt like <laughs> if they'd have just made a little bit of a communication. Hey, I'm gonna distract the first sec. Hey, ding! I'm ding! I'm gonna distract mm-hmm. the first second. Back out of there. We're not gonna win this, yeah. you know. Or if somebody somewhere had gone, hey, you know, maybe half of our team jumping into a room with most of the shock isn't the best play. <laughs> yeah. It's not. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I felt bad they for got them. a little overexcited. But, but right, right. It felt like they got a little cocky. And, yeah. and shock were like, well, if you're going to get a little cocky, we're just going to beat the tar out of you. And yep. they did. Yeah, but so. I feel like like that's the attitude you need to have, though, because so many teams give, like, it's like 
playing New York last year. Like they give them too much too respect. Too much respect. You they're, don't want to do that either. They're scared. Um, and you need to if you're gonna beat them, you have to be aggressive. So like kudo to Shanghai to just um, not really just you know just saying you know we, we're gonna respect you as the better team. They went at them hard and were like we can beat you. Yeah. They had confidence in their gameplay. They and that, did. That was good to see. That was that was it was very good. Uh, anyways, so and then okay, anything else you want to say about dragons? Uh, I don't think so. After that, they just so, they sort of started to yeah snowball against them. So yeah, as escorts a lot harder. Yeah, um, kind of do anything on um with the comps they play, but okay. So then after that, it would have been Spark versus Spitfire. Yes, and this did not go how I think anyone expected. Uh, maybe did Control did. Control was pretty close. London okay. squeaked it out. And then you go to hybrid. And London gets full held. Oof. And then you go to assault. And London gets full held. And then you go to escort. And London gets full held. Like, we, we were talking about the matchup between Gooseway and Gesture. Yeah. Gooseway body gesture. It wasn't even close. And, like, um, I think it was Hanamura on Assault. Um, they end up having a Winston matchup. And you're like, okay, so they're doing this. Or maybe it was Watchpoint on um, Watchpoint Gibraltar and Escort. I don't remember quite when it got pulled out. Right. But eventually you get this Winston matchup because you're like, okay. So it looks like here gesture doesn't feel it was like he's losing the ryan v ryan so he wants to go back onto the winston so he could be comfortable and then he ends up in a matchup in his winston versus gushway's winston oh no still gets bodied Yeesh. the boy is so good gushway is very good it was it was insane it was it was a, it was an entertaining match despite it because it was like it felt like a huge upset right like, you thought this would have been London running away with the series or a very close match with Sparks squeaking it out. I don't think anybody expected it to be a spark stomp mm. the way it was. So that was just really surprising to see. And yeah, just watching Gooshway like just absolutely have his way with the team. And then um, I made an observation during the game as well that ended up going on the board, <laughs> which was cool. Um, that it did feel like IDK was really kind of messing with the team, too, because Gushway was always out of position. Or, excuse me, Gesture was always out of position. Oh. He was always getting booped into right into the midst of the spark by IDK. And mm -hmm. Nuss was not only never really stopping IDK from doing that, but he was also never really displacing Gushway. So mm. I'm not really sure what Nuss was doing, um, you and I guess birdering, he wasn't really hitting stuns or um, he was doing nothing. Oh, I'm very <laughs> it's early. Um, <laughs> yeah, birdering wasn't getting any stuns or whip shots on him either to like kind of displace him. So it just seemed like IDK was um, just getting away with murder, and yeah. then Gushway was doing most of the murdering from there. It would just be oh, gestures out of position, and Gushway just shattered. The other five members of the London Spitfire, and they're all dead. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how that match went. It's crazy. It's um, crazy. And and this is this is a little. I think this is really something to think about because London were seated higher than than them in general. Yeah. London wound up the number two seed, the top of the Atlantic Division, because of them. 
because of the losses that New York took. Yeah. Right? Is that is that right? Am yeah, London was number right? two. Yeah. Right. Number so, two versus number seven. So this is pretty big. Yeah. All things considered. This is a really big upset. Now, it also goes to speak to strength of schedule, right? Sure. Right? You know, London did really well mm-hmm. against teams that they were maybe not even weaker teams necessarily. It's probably not a fair statement. But um, against teams that they played better against, naturally, than the Spark did. Mm-hmm. And so just goes to show that there's lots of things that can happen, especially once we get into these playoffs kinds of brackets. Mm. It's a kind of a different game at playoffs time. Yeah. You know, do you feel like that? Um, I do. I mean, but okay. usually what's interesting about that is that's usually when London shows up. It's a that's different true. kind of game. Usually they kind of fiddle around in the regular season, and then it's like, all right, it's playoffs time, guys. Right. Like, time to get our crap together. So it was surprising to see them just kind of Well, they did say they're trying out. to ramp up throughout the season this yeah. year rather than hit their peak at the beginning. And I guess and there was, um, the if you remember last year's playoffs, they got bodied by Gladiators round one yeah. in the end of season playoffs. I do remember But then that. they had game two and game three back then um, and just came back and were like, Hey, we're the London Spitfire. We remember how to play Overwatch. <laughs> You're all dead. We're going to win it all. It'll be interesting to see how everything goes through in the actual playoffs, too. Yeah. Um, I definitely think, like, London has a lot of room to improve. Um, I believe they signed a main support recently, okay. which I think will be once they get into the States, because I think they're still in Korea. I think that'll potentially be a big pickup. I don't even remember his name. I don't remember what much about him. I just remember the signing happening <laughs> and being like, yeah, this is probably the most upgradable role on your roster. If not, I'm not thrilled with Bird Rings Brigitte, but right. I will admit, um, I've always been a little bit of a Bird Ring hater because I'm a bit I'm a bit of a London Spitfire hater. Mm. But Profit and Gesture are too good for me to say anything bad about. That's most as, of the time. As goes Bedosin. Yeah, most of the time. Not today. Um but I always, I always feel like Bird Rings, he's too hot and cold. That's a pretty common, um, yeah. I think, criticism of him. But I don't think his Brigitte is grand. Mm. Understood. Understood. But, but all, oh, all in all, I was very entertained Wednesday night when I wasn't necessarily expecting to be. Um, Thursday. Or, yeah, Thursday night. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm already thinking about the All-Star, All-Star games. games. We're not there yet, man. We're not Wednesday. there yet. Um, so yeah, that happened. And then Thursday we get, um, New York versus gladiators, which everyone was thought, thought was going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, did, what did you think? Did you have fun? You had a lot of fun this playoff. I had fun. I think I enjoyed that. Yeah. I remember it, it, it feels like so long ago. It really actually does. It feels like it was so long ago. It's crazy. Um, (laughs) so... I remember going. I remember going into it expecting more of the Gladiators than the Gladiators delivered, and expecting sure. less of the New York Excel than they delivered. I feel like both teams performed at different places than I expected them, mm-hmm. and in just enough opposite ways that New York comes out on top. And it was a pretty clear. It felt like a pretty clear victory. New York beats the Gladiators. To yeah, me, you know. So I, I don't have any doubts that New York is a is a better team than the Gladiators mm-hmm. after that. Yeah, I, I had my, my prediction as New York 3-0ing the Gladiators. So that came true, but I never imagined it to just be as one-sided as yeah. it was. And, it, and, like, just to the eye test, like, it didn't feel like New York was playing all that great. Like, I felt like there was a lot you could punish. Like, particularly Mecco that game, 
seemed very out of position. Sure. All the time. Sure. Like there were times where like he was diving the Zenyatta, which is a pretty normal thing, but usually you dive the Zenyatta and then you either finish the kill or you realize you're not going to get it and like with the last second or second or half a second of your booster cooldown, you like you U-turn back right. to your team, right? Okay. He was just like going in, not getting the kill on Shaz and then just getting D-Mech. And then New York would still win anyway. Like it seemed like Roar was petrified and was only yeah. ever hitting the S key. Um, like, and he would push in, and then hydration would come in to support him. He would get spooked and start backing off. And then There'd hydration be a second would be where hydration was like, yeah, it was out, not and good. they would just collapse on him. It was and it, Happened over and over and It was over. very not good. It felt like the Gladiators were playing a lot more defensively than they normally yeah. do. This is really... I'm, I'm, ca I'm catching up. You're, you're turning my wheels here. <laughs> um, and I remember specifically thinking, this is a much more aggressive style from New York than I'm used to. That's New sure York well. is typically a much more passive team. Yeah. And, and the Gladiators tend to be a pretty aggressive team, all things considered. True. And I felt like... The roles were totally in they reverse. They felt very passive. The gliders yeah. felt super passive. The game still felt slow, but definitely New York were the aggressors. New York were the aggressors, and I feel like I feel like that was just a, that's a good thing probably because it feels like the further we go along, especially with goats continuing to be yeah. the predominant meta, the further we go along, the more I think we're realizing you have to be the more aggressive team. That's how you win. Yeah. You don't just punish mistakes, right? Because as long as the other team stays in a clump, moving about, you're not going to find any mistakes to punish. That's mm -hmm. the whole concept of GOATs. Yeah. So you have to force those mistakes to happen by being the aggressor. Yeah. And New York is finally starting to do that. I think this is a good potential turning point for New York to start mm -hmm. their climb back up to where they want to be. Yep. They were the top for so long. They want to be the top again. No, mm -hmm. they want to be the top again. Yeah. So I feel like this is a great chance for them to start tweaking that a little bit um so that that's a good thing that's a very mm -hmm. good thing and one thing one other thing i'll just say about the la gladiators is they did feel like super strong at the start and then they did feel like they were kind of falling off um the last week week and a or like last week or two yeah um and i had noticed they had shifted a lot of way like the first two weeks or three weeks um i can't really quite remember too well anymore but early in the stage they were playing a lot of cheese comps like they they were always throwing interesting looks at you sure force bastion and i always thought that was a little bit of a weakness that like it didn't look like they could run like the strong goats all the time mm -hmm. and they always had to be like subbing out their diva player to have three dps but they looked really strong and then the last few weeks like it looks like they were trying to move away from that and like really just focus on the three three never subbing sure for in and that's when they started to, like, they lost to Boston that week, right? This is really what we're seeing, um, though, in general, isn't it? We're seeing these teams who had these styles yeah, sort of morph away from their styles and try to play to what the strongest teams are playing, but they're just not as good but at yeah, it. But, yeah, they just they didn't look as good. Like, it looked like they were flourishing in these cheese comps, throwing yeah. these interesting looks, and people just didn't know how to deal with them. And I think, and, and I think that would be, that's a good thing, just point in general, is mm -hmm. that goats in San Francisco and Vancouver are really good at it. Yeah. They're stinky good at it, guys. Mm -hmm. You know? So going forward, I don't think it's a good idea to try and outgoats them. Yeah. I don't think it's a good idea to necessarily put all your eggs in that basket. Because the thing that almost shut down the shock, I, I know it didn't quite shut down the shock, but yeah. it almost shut down the shock, was a Farah 
Mm-hmm. On defense in in London in Paris in London. Yep. In Paris, right? So I I think that's really a good a good thing. The th- the f- and when the sh- and when the um you know, and when the dragons are playing the shock, they're running their their somber strategies. And they forced yeah. the shock to respect that somber strategy, right? Mm-hmm. Shock's goats isn't so good that they can ignore a quality somber goats strat. Yep. It's not. And I don't think the Vancouver's are is either, especially considering that ultimately I don't think they're as good of a team as the Shock right now. I, I mean, yeah, I <laughs> yeah, uh, n- no doubt about that right now. now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so all considering all these things, I really feel like the way to go. I know Goat snowballs, right? Yeah, that's the big concern. If we lose this to the Goats comp. They're going right. to snowball. It's going to take us a long yeah. time to reset. And, like, let's be real. Like, the Goats team is probably going to win. The better Goats team is probably going to win. Right, but they're already the better but Goats like team. So if you have a chance of stopping them from even getting to that snowball point, mm-hmm. you need to do that. And you need to learn how to do that really, really well. And that you're probably better off putting more eggs in that basket than in the Goats yeah. basket. All right, hold on. I need to see if my uh, wire transfer came in from Monte Cristo for making this point during our podcast. I don't know if you've seen no. him arguing this for the past two weeks. Oh, about people picking their styles? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or like playing DPS. Oh, yeah. That because you're not going to beat them in GOATS. This so part of the broadcast brought different? to you by Monte Cristo's so YouTube channel. You're welcome, Monte. <laughs> <laughs> we believe. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I, w- I would definitely agree because we see um, Dallas go into their game against the Vancouver Titans playing nothing but GOATS. And it's, um, a, it's a wash. I don't really remember much. Yeah. Um, it was a wash. I remember AKM individually looked good. Um, Zachary had a couple moments. That's about all I remember. Yeah. Um, otherwise, they just kind of they just kind of got rolled. Yep. Um, I think coming into this, you looked at that as match as probably the most likely match to be a roll, and so it was. So it was. And we moved into the semifinals. Yes. Right. Um, and so shock wipe out the spark handedly so which is which is just crazy to kind of think about because remember spark just bodied the london spitfire it wasn't even close they full held them three maps in a row Mm -hmm. then we get the spark versus san francisco it's map three when spark win their first team fight not like get their first objective um, nope. No, they. This is the first time they kill all six members or enough members to make them retreat of the San Francisco Shock. That's how one-sided this was. It was crazy. It was. I think up until that point, um, there were like there were multiple people who had zero deaths on the um, San Francisco Shock. It was really bad. Um, but the one time spark looked good and started to take and started to win team fights and we're actually looking okay it was when gushway got to play winston and yeah. i'm like okay cool like gushway is just out here bodying folks like this yeah. guy's really good okay like maybe his reinhardt couldn't match supers but boy his winston like there's a reason everyone was saying he might be the best winston in the world like yeah. we got to see a little bit of that and so I was. I remember after that map, I was like, okay, so certainly they go to Watchpoint Gibraltar for their fourth map, right? Play Winston. Sure enough, that's where they go. There's lots of high ground you could take advantage, at least on the first two points. And sure enough, 
they're doing pretty all right. They get a couple team fight wins against the San Francisco Shock. Mm-hmm. The Shock win like one team fight, and then Gushui switches off onto the Reinhardt mirror on B. Instead of trying to keep playing the Winston, like I understand at C, you would have had to make that change. But this was your one good look. Because after he changes the Reinhardt, it's just done. They just get rolled again for the rest of the map. Like that was your one real good looking thing. Um, and I do think they end up playing Reinhardt on attack and they actually do end up finishing Gibraltar. Kay. If I remember. And then they get like full health in nowhere and Violet comes out, gets three headshots on Widowmaker, and then the map's over. But like at least they, they put some points on the board. Right. It was all it was we were really close because they almost actually got h- held on A, if I remember. And if they got held on A, it would have been the second time in Overwatch League history where a team had been had zero points on the board. The only mm. other game would have been the London Spitfire when they were red hot in stage one and would ultimately like win uh, um, yeah, that, stage. that stage. So it was them versus the Shanghai Dragons at their very lowest before they had made their Korean adaptations when it right. was like Roshan and all those guys, just Dia and Undead. Um, like the worst of the team. Shanghai Dragons versus... Probably the second best of the London Spitfire. If you assume the best is when they won Grand Finals. Yeah. This was London's second best look throughout all yeah. the entire the history of the franchise. Yeah. I think it's safe to say. So to have seen that in a semifinal would have been nuts. So like, good job getting it. But like, oh boy, why was it even close to mm-hmm. being there? And it's like, that's how, that's how much San Francisco Shock is ahead. And like the Vancouver Titans are ahead of everybody else right yeah. now. It's nuts. It is. It is nuts. Because Hangzhou could probably body three fourths of the league. I think so. Like they bodied London, and then and then Vancouver plays New York, and that was a fun match. That that looked New like York. a fun match. So is at it. They're working on it. Yeah, they're wor- they're doing their doggone best. <laughs> I feel like New York can, although they're not there. I think everybody's right in that there's no big three; it's just the big two. Mm-hmm. But I feel like. New York is probably the team still most likely to get on to that level. And, like, this is the first time in a while we've seen signs of life that kind of suggest that. Sure. Um, they really brought it to him. Jonak was popping off. Felt good to see. Old Jonak things. Um, that game particularly, I have been critical of Mecco over the past few weeks and even their game against the Gladiators. Mecco looked really good. I think out of all the Divas I watched throughout all of the playoffs, his counter bombs for grabs were spectacular. Seeing some of these people using bombs as counters to grabs yeah. has been really interesting, too. I feel mm-hmm. like that's a pretty recent development. Definitely. Um, and, and so the good teams have really been seeing that. Yeah, show up. you've been seeing that um, consistently, and because it's more reliable, right? Like teams have gotten really good at sound burying the graph bomb mm-hmm. combos, um, and you rarely get value out of them. So it's it's, but a lot of teams would just do it because like sometimes you, you just do. pick up two, so why not? But this right. is like a more consistent way, and then now you can use your sound barrier a little bit more freely if you get a big if there's a big earth shatter you could use it if you feel like just your members are getting low and you want to be able to push in it gives you a little more flexibility when before your support alt meta was very rigid in that 
really, if you use transcendence at any other time that wasn't it was grav, wasted. it was you were gonna die to grav. Or if you used your sound barrier at any time that wasn't bomb, you're gonna, gonna die, die to the bomb. bomb. So you really needed to hold those two support ults, and that we've was really just been be getting. Be we've been learning yeah. to counter these these yep. ultimate combos, and that's one of the things that I love. Mm -hmm. Right, we're going through this meta. We're learning how to deal with these ultimates, and we're learning how to deal with these ultimates not always with ultimates. Right, mm -hmm. we use a bomb as a counter to a grab in general, yeah. even though they're probably gonna throw a grab bomb at us. Mm -hmm. Right, so we use one ult to counter two, and keep them away from us for a second while we get our crap together. Right, it's really smart. Mm -hmm. You know, we've learned how to deal with these bombs coming in. We, you know, goats is not not all that mobile. That's yeah. the big struggle, right? So you have to learn how to position yourself smartly, and they've learned it. They're good at it now. Mm -hmm. And so the grab-bomb combo becomes not very useful. And so these metas continue to develop and adjust. Which is crazy. Like, the amount of development we've seen in just, like, the GOATS meta. Right. Um, before Overwatch League to the start of Overwatch League to where we are now. Like, it's crazy how much this keeps evolving and how different it is from when its namesake goats first ran it out right like, it is a shadow of that comp <laughs> it, it really is it's not the same as it used to be and it's really great and i think the longer we and, and i've said this before and i'm gonna just say it again because i like to say it i think the longer we let it go and we let this patch that we're on roll through mm -hmm. the greater chance we have of actually finding a meta that beats goats within it i think there's a, i think there's a counter goats in there i still think that. yeah and I, I, teams need to start probably investing um, into that because everyone's trying to just like, well, goats is the best. Let me keep focusing goats. But by the time you start to catch up to where like the San Francisco Shock or the Vancouver Titans were five weeks ago, the whole game has already changed. Mm -hmm. the, the way they're playing goats, they've adapted it. They've changed it. And they're just on a whole new level now. Like, congratulations, you got there. But they're they're progressing at the same rate. Like it doesn't seem like their trajectory is is, gonna, is going down at no. all. Like they're not stagnating. Your best, they're still going your up. Your best bet is to find the antidotes. Yeah. So if you could find something to break it, and we'll see if there's some kind of patch in the stage break. But it's, that's true. It's, it's beginning to feel unlikely. It is because there's nothing on the PTR right now that I'm aware yeah. of. So hard to say. But we'll just have to see. Mm-hmm. And if there is, we'll talk about it next week, probably. But yeah, it's been really cool to see that evolve. Um, so, and New York, we're playing the evolve style really well. It it allows them to be a little bit more defensive. Um, That's true. Which suits New York suits style. New York very well. Which which makes which is why it doesn't surprise me that of all the teams, I thought New York did this um, counter grabbing or counter bombing Bombing. the grabs the best. Like, they looked really good at it. I thought Mono Mono had a really good game as well against Bumper. Like, I thought Bumper was just going to roll over Mono. Mm -hmm. That was actually a pretty good matchup. Um, they they seemed to really be holding their own. It was really, really close. Just Vancouver had that extra edge and experience in these chaotic team fights when they're down one, they're down two, to somehow pull it back. That's Which, how it goes. But, yeah, definitely, definitely good signs of life. Like, New York probably brought it the closest to one of our two top teams. And yeah. um, I'm definitely looking at them in Shanghai to... Um, to see if they could come up and compete. Yeah, and really get on their level. Yeah, well, Shanghai is looking to break goats with anti-goats right yeah. now. And New York is looking to be a good goats team. Yep. And we're really seeing both of those. And so it's really going to be exciting to see which one of them climbs the best. Mm -hmm. I, 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 wa I want it to be Shanghai, right? Yeah. That's what I want, because I want to see the anti-goats show up. Um. 
But I also am really glad to announce that Shock beat the Titans in the finals after this. Yes. Which is exciting for me as a fan, right? Okay. Okay. Now, I'm not a big Shock fan. I'm not. He am. I am, no. <laughs> okay? I like the Shock okay. What I really like about the Shock, though, is the fact that the Shock are a mixed roster team. Mm. And I think the future way for the Overwatch League to create the fan engagement that it needs to continue to be sustainable is to have these mixed roster teams that can easily connect with lots of different people, right? Mm. We I, I've used to talk about how the Florida Mayhem sort of had Tavik as the face of the org, mm. and I think that was a great thing. And in traditional American sports anyways, can't speak to other sports c- in other countries because I don't live there. Sorry. <laughs> um, they all create these player faces that allow people to connect to their teams, that allow fans to connect to their teams, mm-hmm. which is a good thing for the teams. But we're in an international league, right? Mm-hmm. So the teams in your state are easily connecting to your state and people who move away from your state because they can continue to connect to you, right? So these guys need to find players and faces who can connect people where they're at, at home, in San Francisco, and when people move from San Francisco to New York or even to Korea, this is esports, mm-hmm. right? Fans of esports, people working in the esports industry, they're going to move all over the world. You need to be able to continue to interact with them and engage with them and have players on your team that are going to do that. And mm-hmm. I think their mixed roster enables them to do that kind of a thing. I think it makes it easier. I definitely don't think, feel like it's the only way. It's not. Um like, I mean, just look at New York. I think they're a good example of they're an all-Korean team in New York, and I feel like their fan engagement is really well, like, is really good. They have tons of faces. Jonak, Pine, Sabiobi. Like, oh, yeah. These are really big personalities on their team. Um, so I feel like they're a team that does it really well. But they, they put in that extra effort. Like, I don't, you probably don't watch too much New York content, but they put out, like, a lot of these, like, cool little videos of just um, Jonak and Sabiobi go right. shopping. <laughs> <laughs> and like they're they're just yeah, like never watch that. they're really <laughs> funny like they feel like they would they, they kind of like would fit into the new york culture sure. sabiel b has a bit of a potty mouth so Ooh. it feels it feels very new yorker though like it's like it's if you've ever been like really around like someone from north north jersey or new york they're like very rude but super kind at the same time sure they're just um so it feels like they very hard on the surface but they're so nice right (laughs) and so so there's that i think that's a great thing and i'm glad to hear that new york's doing a great job of it i've heard that i've heard that new york does a great job of that Mm -hmm. the other thing that it makes me excited about is people looking for more talent outside of korea because I think that's a big thing too. I think I think it's a big thing. I think we're pulling and pulling and pulling out of Korea, right? Yeah. Uh, Florida's pulling out of Korea. Everybody mm-hmm. wants Korean talent. Yeah. Korea is small. It is. Smaller than Florida. It's smaller than the entire state of Florida. Yeah. If we keep pulling t- talent out of there, there's just not going to be any left. Mm-hmm. And then we're not going to have any maybe. Korean scene to develop. Well, maybe, sure. <laughs> okay. And I think with all the rest of the world the chances of there being a matching amount of talent in the entire rest of the world that matches the amount of talents in Korea. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is it's just denser there. Yeah. So it's a little easier to find because it's all right there densely packed. Yep. But there's ge- there's that much out in the rest of the world. There has to be. Yeah. Right? So I want to see people finding it. I want to see all the best players in Overwatch mm-hmm. in the Overwatch League. 
I don't just want to see the best Korean players and then the best rest of the people who also had enough ability to make a name for themselves. Yeah, it does feel like a shame when it's these you have these really great European or North American players who probably deserve to be on Overwatch League rosters. And right. it's just like, well, can't go to the Defiant because uh, they're all Korean. And you can't go to the Florida Mayhem because they're all Korean. Mm-hmm. And like it makes it like really hard for like place places for these really good players to piece in. And I think you're right. Like the dream in the Overwatch League is that you get the best players. That's why there is no region locking. Right. Is so that the best of the best can get there. But if everyone's insisting um, on just being in these all Korean rosters, right. um, it's you're not necessarily probably going to see the top talent in there. So seeing teams win things like playoffs, win things like stage finals, with mixed rosters, with mixed rosters is huge Especially for that. in this GOATS meta where it seems like communication has been a big issue and a right. lot of and a lot of the mixed roster teams right now are struggling. Like I think of Philadelphia Fusion as a team that was mm-hmm. doing really good last time, and now they're struggling. Um, spoiler alert: We'll talk about it later. But Ben, um, the LA Valiant literally just traded away their star player fate. Yeah, we are talking about that later. Um, probably because of communication issues, right? Right. So you're seeing these huge moves of people shifting to all English rosters, all Korean rosters, um, and it's good to see like. You know what? It's probably not just that this doesn't work. It's that your staff just frankly isn't doing a good, good job at it. Yeah, there's, it's hard. You're not doing something right. There's, Any, there's a way to do it. Yeah, and Shock have proved it. Mm-hmm. So, which is exciting. And they proved it in this map against Vancouver. Mm-hmm. In this match against Vancouver. Yeah, and it was fantastic. Oh my gosh! So, so I good. missed the first two maps. Okay, so to talk so about the first two maps, help me out here. So we go to Control. Um, and I'll just I'll just kind of speak about both control matches in general because they were they were pretty similar. If yeah. you watch the if you watch I watched the fifth one. Yeah. So that was pretty the same same as the first. Um, they just shock two O's Vancouver, and I think all of that goes to Sinatra. Um, Sinatra was playing out of his mind. He's so good. What the heck? He's so good. Um, and I feel like like all, all of these players like Bumper and Super. They're like neck and neck. Violet and Twilight, they're like neck and neck. Moth and Slime, like Choi Hyobin and Janu, like all of these players are so similarly Sobin matched. Sue, Sinatra? And then you have Sobin Su and Sinatra, and both are really good, but Sinatra just is on that other level. And when you play Control, it's all about individual skill, especially historically damage dealers. Yes. And that gets a little less accented in GOAT. Until you get Sinatra, who that boy just pumps out damage with an like average of nobody. over seventy charge. Yeah, throughout well, the game, and and Soman Su matches him in charge a lot of times, and like he they're does. both pulling out seventy. But what's crazy is Soman Su is like twenty five percent of his team's damage. Sinatra often is like thirty five percent, thirty three to thirty five. He's doing so much for his team and when you have that extra edge they're always going to come out and win like sinatra is just putting so much damage so much pressure getting these kills getting these huge grabs like you just it doesn't seem like there's anything vancouver can do because vancouver it's a lot of like their teamwork but controls a map where like teamwork doesn't work as well you can't set up these set plays it's just it's just a brawl and when you're brawling sinatra's brawling the hardest yeah (laughs) it's crazy so it's crazy so that's how control goes the boy is so good um, then they do hybrid, and then they do hybrid, and they go. What did the Titans pick? Um, 
King's Row. King's Row. And King's Row plays out like every King's Row we've seen out of these teams before. Literally almost identical, except for I think this is the first time where Shock had a faster initial attack. Wow. So Titans got the push second. So we got to see where Titans would push um, if they didn't have to just go to the orange box of victory. Because San Francisco got stopped at the same darn spot. They always get stopped. Right before point B, right when you get around that last bend before B, I swear to you, go back, watch the um, the season, the, the week stage two one. matchup, stage one, week two matchup between Vancouver and Shock. That was the best, best map of the regular season. That's right where Shock gets stopped, <laughs> right at that same spot. Watch them play in the stage one finals. That's right where the San Francisco Shock gets stopped on King's Row. It was just, I was like watching it. I'm watching it with my brother and I'm like, San Francisco Shock are getting it stopped right here. I'm like, I, I think I said it for the Titans too. I'm like, this is always where this map ends. I'm like, oh, they went fa faster. And then sure enough, Shock get to that same spot. And I'm like, okay, no, now Shock are going to surely get held here. And sure enough, that's where they get held. And there I'm it is. Like, Watching it play out, it was exactly. If you've seen it, if you've seen it before, you you saw it again. It was basically the the same story. Man, um, so then assault comes. Yes. So it's one and one. I tune in during halftime, and then assault shows up. Assault shows up. Assault shows up, guys. guys and I make a not, prediction. Is and not I good. put all the maps out. I've thought about this. I knew what every team should be picking as their map. Maybe control because. Honestly, control doesn't matter. <laughs> it just it just doesn't. Control is a totally different map type than the other games. And now, especially as you're playing goats, the the symmetry of the map really rarely changes something. Maybe it allows for you to play DPS on one map or bring out a right. May. But neither of teams these teams are going to do that. They were just going to play goats, and it right. wasn't going to matter what map they were playing on. It wasn't it's really going to affect the outcome. No. So, but every other map, like I felt like I really understood what each team was going to pick, and then. They pick Paris. The San Francisco Shock pick Paris as their map. They hadn't and lost like, yet, and they had the fastest they time lost. on record. They had the t but if you remember, when they set the fastest time on record, the team they were facing had just set the fastest time on their attack right before they attacked back and set the fastest time. This team, the San Francisco Shock, you don't have a defense on Paris. No. You just had an attack. And you've only been having these attacks against weak teams. And then you come in, and then you can't get this attack going on the Vancouver Well, Titans. and they didn't run the same kind of looks that they look on their normal Paris attack runs, right? They've been running Mora on their attacks. Yes, but that's usually because the enemy team is playing like a DPS-focused defense. Oh, okay. Like, especially... You you play you play Moira dragons. to can to counter the Farah of the dragons because okay. you could better heal up the splash healing okay. from the splash damage that's coming in. All right, but, dialing it back. Continue. But um, what they didn't do, which they always do, is they play a Baptiste on assault. And I thought for certain when I was coming in this map and I was like trying to figure out what I was gonna predict. I ended up picking four two, by the way. Yeah. Not, just not how I expected it to go. Because I thought for certain the map type that Shock would win, without a doubt, was going to be Assault. Because their Assault was like on a whole other level. Like I felt but they like weren't they gonna really do it evolved on Paris. with their Baptiste play. But they use it on Paris, too. I think it looks best on um, Temple of Anubis. I think their Temple of Anubis, like that was already their best map, Stage 1. And then 
in when you come into stage two and they bring in their Baptiste play, they took it to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like a shoe in. Like there's in my mind, there's no way you beat San Francisco Shock on Anubis. They look too, 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 too good. Yeah. Um, uh, and then on Paris, I guess they were just scared because they got full held that they didn't. They like they got like ninety five percent to point A cap. Yeah, they were so close, so close, and then they just they just couldn't. You know, the sh- the Titans kept getting these these little one-off picks, yeah. right? And, you know, Bumper, when he was playing the Winston, and he would back out, and he backed back in, and he just, he barely eked out a kill before his Winston mm. went down. And then that fight drug out so long that Bumper was like, I don't need to play Winston. I'm going to come back on the Reinhardt. Because yep. he didn't need to be playing Winston. Yeah. And that was the only reason they got, that, I think that was the only reason they got as far as they did, mm-hmm. was because of that huge amount of control that they got when he was playing Winston. Yeah. And then he comes back on the Reinhardt. And then after that, it's just a it's not good. It's yeah. not good. Well, like San Francisco invested everything like San Francisco does, right? right? But unfortunately on assault, especially point A, like these fights go long and there's not that much time on point A. You really need to get point A and get that like this extra like five minutes right. that you get for point B. Um, so when they threw all their ultimates into that fight and weren't able to clutch out, like they tried to clutch it out, like they did a grab and then they, like they picked two when they were down one. Um, but then they were able to like counter grab and pick three and then the balance, like they would, they would get it temporarily in their favor by investing this extra ult, but then Vancouver would throw another ult at them as well and mm-hmm. then ruin their advantage. And ultimately they weren't able to clutch it out. And then after they lost all that ults, they just weren't able to build back up to it. No. And then they do like this stupid, they, they go in like overtime, you know, Moth is going to touch the point and Moth touches the point too, but super decides he needs to touch the point. So he like charges from the opposite high ground, like onto the point and just gets like destroyed because yeah. That's dumb. Like, I don't know what he was thinking. Like, it just, it felt like it, after that push failed, they really just it wasn't kind good. of fell apart. Mental boom. Yep. And then, <laughs> and then Vancouver comes around, has a Farah, gets a lucky yeah, Farah boop, and, and wins in five seconds. So that was fun. They had a, yeah, what a, what a map. With the DPS, the, the DPS comp, and then just kind of bumper on the hands And then after that, you're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> It did not feel like it was going to be good. And then they move yeah. on, and it was good. Yeah. Luckily, right? So, Shock picks, what did they pick after Watch that? Watchpoint Gibraltar. Gibraltar. They clean it up. Yeah. They clean it right up. Looks good. They get. They don't quite close it, right? They almost close out Gibraltar. And then Shock. Can't quite remember. I, don't, I, think, I think Shock didn't quite close out Gibraltar, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering right. Dang it. I'm going to go double check. But I think. Yeah, Shock hold them really good though. Like, do they hold them at B? They hold them at A for a minute. Yeah, they hold that for a at long a for minute. a long time, and they win a fight at B. And I remember them holding like the doors of B for quite a while as well. They both tried to do that. They both um, tried to do that. But Shock rolled right through point A and point right. B. They did not. Uh, no, 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 no. They did. B. They did both close out the map. So they both close out the map. Shock's doing a better job at defense than Vancouver right, is. But Vancouver clears it in overtime. And I think uh, Shock cleared it with like a minute and a half. Right. And so Shock and so Vancouver comes out, does not cap point A mm-hmm. in their overtime push. They have a minute, they don't make it to A, they lose too many team fights on their way yeah, in. Yeah, like it's San not Francisco Shock is doing their thing when they hold them at spawns, right. even when they lost a team fight. Like it's okay, they got Vancouver another chance to do it. Nowhere. And then Shock come out and now Vancouver put up a good a much better defense this sec in the overtime than mm-hmm. they did in the first go round. And yeah. then but Shock managed to overcome it. Excuse me. Shock manages to overcome that. And then 
then they're there. You know, yeah. I mean, they didn't even make it to point A. So it was really it was really a fun map, though, because mm. especially their point B's in their first go through so much stuff happening all the yeah. time. Just lots of stuff, especially especially Sinatra. Again, Sinatra's just pumping in damage and pumping yeah. in damage, pumping in damage. And then in comes Super and Moth to capitalize on all of it. And mm. it's just great. It's really good. Just really good. Um, anyways, map five was Oasis. And yeah, just kind of played it like the first one. Sinatra just kind of bodied everybody. And then we go to map six. Blizzard World. Got that prediction right. Because just the Titans, I put a little explanation out, but there was no way Titans are going to Ike involved. They have lost two finals in the past on in Ike their franchise history before they were the Titans runaway. They lost on Ike involved. That's their cursed map. Like, Hawksaw and Bumper would have just instantly started panicking <laughs> had that pick come through. And um, I feel like that's that's a map, too, where um, Rascal can play Baptiste on point A, which I feel like gives him a bit of an advantage. Sure. Because Titans can't do that um, and probably aren't used to playing a Baptiste that good. Like, I feel like you would have wanted to avoid that matchup because there was no way you practiced it up right. until this point. So makes sense. They go to Blizzard World. It's a good GOATS map. Kind of like King's Row, kind of like your Rialto. These mm -hmm. maps where Titans probably has the upper hand. Um, but doesn't go so hot. Um, Shock almost push it through the whole map. They get stopped right before C. Yep. But then comes their defense. And boy. What a defense it was. Oh, boy. Sinatra, to me, won them this game. And... I understand. I thought he was going to throw them away this game too. Yes, there were there was Sinatra had some incredibly clutch, clutch grabs and some incredibly, incredibly bad grabs. grabs. He had some really two bad grabs that caught nobody, like some real nobody was even close to grabs. <laughs> like just yep. he uh, he tried to do he put one on their attack on the front of the payload so like vancouver titans is on one side of the payload san francisco shocker on the other obviously um and he like grabs their side of the payload and hopes it's gonna pull on the enemy team or like at least like catch a lucio or something and it, and it doesn't just kind of it was a zoning ult at least if anything and then the second thing was um he's in the corner at the choke yes, point right the after choke point a, point after a he tries to grab the corner, expecting people to be on the other side of yeah. it. Well, they weren't even close to there. They were chasing Moth down the hall. Right. The Slime does bait it. I think Slime comes around the corner and then, like, quickly jumps back as he grabs. So, like, he thinks he's going to get Slime alone. It was not. And then doesn't get it. Mm -mm. So, just unlucky by Sinatra. Like, you, at least you saw what he was trying to do. Um, I honestly like the thought he grab, missed. Like, like you were trying I to thought do. that first, yeah. the one right after point A, I thought he just missed. I thought yeah. he was trying to go around. I didn't think he was trying to hit the corner. Mm -hmm. The caster seemed to think he was trying to hit the corner. I think he was. I I'm really he was trying to catch slime. Right, but I thought he was trying to put it back there because they were chasing his buddy out and they he was going to have his team collapse on mm -hmm. him, which seems but, very Sinatra, But honestly. right before it, right before that happens, Sinatra, it's, it's point A attack. Um... And Vancouver Titans, by all means, looks like they're about to take this point. It's a 2v4. Yeah. And it's literally just Sinatra and a baby diva. And Sinatra grabs and wins the team fight. It was absolutely bonkers. And that's when I said Why? right there, I'm like, it's San Francisco Shock win. 
Sin- Sinatra MVP. But then, unfortunately, the next grab is the one he whips, and then I think Violet ends up being the MVP overall. <laughs> but that was huge because mm. that literally bought them a minute, if not a minute and a half. It really did. And his team comes think- back, and they clutch out that yeah. fight, too. Yeah. And they hold after they when they shouldn't have been able to yeah. hold. Well, Sinatra literally clutched out the fight by himself, basically. Right. Um, he, he clutches it out. He gets two in the grab. He kills them, and he's able to finish off the two remaining members with the baby diva. Right. Um, and then his team swarming in, too, so they're able to put up a defense, and they eventually end up losing, but that, that was a minute and a half of time bought on point A. And so after that takes place, um, where the Vancouver Titans get held, it's like right before B. If they had another minute and a half, they probably take B, and there's a good chance they take C, and we're going to map seven. Right. In my eyes, that Sinatra clutch grab saves the entire map and gives San Francisco Shock their first victory. It really and does. And I feel like if you look at the series as an entirety, Violet played really well. He did get a lot of first picks, but Sinatra was that extra edge that Titans didn't have that pushed the San Francisco Shock over the top. So in my eyes, despite those two bad grabs, which I think lost him in the end, he was he was the better Zarya. Um, something you saw out of Sinatra, too, is like he's so kill-focused. Um, Soman yeah. Su, like, if if they got grabbed, um, Soman Su would counter-grab so that they couldn't follow up, right? So they'd just be floating in their grab right. in front of each other, looking like idiots, not being able to do anything. Except, right. like, Steniata's throwing some orbs. Um... Sinatra tries to kill Sinatra them. Sinatra never does. If that happens, the only time you see him crown- counter grab, it's in Swingin's distance of his own graviton. Like on Blizzard World, they did the same thing. I think it was on their attack on point A. Yeah, they get so. grabbed, and then they wait for the team to try to collapse in and get kills. Sinatra grabs and just instantly, you just saw six orange names in the kill feed just wiping out the Vancouver Titans. And you're like, whoa. Oh, and the, his diva's coming up behind him. Yeah. Their diva's coming up behind him, and Sinatra grabs him, and the diva goes, and just mows them all down with her little cannons. Yep. Which doesn't make any sense, because diva doesn't do that much damage. But mm-hmm. it worked. But I didn't it, understand. It, gets, it finishes off the kill. It was amazing. But, it, <clears throat> like, he's so good at it. Anytime he's grabbing... It's, it's always in a position where Super can swing into it. And also when he could get into melee range. Like, so many Zaryas, they're, like, shooting right clicks from afar. Sinatra's in there. Like, he pops his... Per- he almost always has his personal shield when Grav comes out. And he gets, like, into the middle of the Graviton. He, he does lots of right clicks and punches. He's doing right-click punch, right-click punch, right-click punch. <laughs> and he gets, like through their transcendence it often the punch is what gets him like he gets a melee kill on like a lucio or something through it because he's pumping out so much burst damage something i see him do also that i wanted to point out that no other zarya does is like he's always trying to do something between his right clicks like if you notice he right clicks and then there's like two small little left clicks it's like and then another right click yeah he fills in that space and i don't know how he does it like i try to do it on zarya and it's just feels awkward but he's always like doing these little things, things and like space. thinking about how can i maximize damage he's in the melee range he's punching people I'm like how did you just get a melee kill sinatra your entire team's over here i didn't even notice you go over there but you somehow went into the back line punched a lucio and got back to your <laughs> team in time the dude's nuts and it just, was an incredible no, match no one's on his level no no it was an incredible game an incredible matchup and it's an all-around great Stage two playoffs round. Mm-hmm. Lots of fun. Looking forward to stage three. That just makes me look forward to the next playoffs round. Yeah. My wife was saying, would you be happy if we saw Vancouver versus the Shock every single 
finals and in the grand finals. And I said, yes, I would. I would almost be disappointed at this point, especially if we see them in the stage three finals. If in grand finals, it's like the patch them. change and it's not them, that'll feel so bad. Like it'll it just feel so feels bad. like this this is this is now inevitable. This is what it is. This season is the San Francisco Shock versus the Vancouver Titans, and everyone else is just playing a supporting role. Yeah. And we just need to see who comes out on top in the end. That is how and it feels. It's awesome. And it's like, and, and the casters have said it too. I, this is, this really seems like it's going to build a rivalry. I think so. Because these, these two teams, like last stage you saw, okay, it was New York versus London. Then London falls off. Um, Philadelphia starts to rise. Like you saw, and then, oh, LA, the LA teams start to rise. So like, it ne you never really had this clear rivalry, like, if this season keeps playing out like this, these two teams are always gonna be like yeah. rivals, which will be which will be really cool. They're pretty, they're probably the two closest teams like geographically outside like San Francisco to the L.A. Right, San Fran to Vancouver, so it makes sense geolocation wise too. Sure. So I'm, I'm here for it. It's good. It's exciting. It's a good thing to look forward to. Um, moving on ahead, there's no standings changes because the finals and the playoffs don't count towards your standings. Yep. Um, I just want to point out that if you look at this, the Pacific Division is where it's at right now. Stacked. Stacked. Oh, my God. So, um, I, I mean, and in spite of that, mo you know, that means you're playing Pacific Division teams more if you're on the Pacific Division, which means you have a much harder getting into the playoffs. Mm. Well, right now, four out of the six top six teams are all Pacific Division. So, yeah. in spite of that, they're still – Coming out ahead. So watch out, Atlantic Division. Yeah, and Atlantic Division, like if you look at the bottom of the table, what, Houston Outlaws, Florida Mayhem, um, Justice. Washington Justice. Yeah. Like, I feel, I think it's like we literally are the, traffic the bottom light. six. They call us the traffic light. Mm -hmm. Yes, I saw that. That's oh, uh, man. Korea, right? Yeah, um, I love it. Are Korean or Chinese? I think it's the Korean fans. Yeah, Anyways. they call them the traffic light because it's red, yellow, and green are the three colors. Yeah. Um, that's what they call the bottom tier teams. But yes. I think literally like the bottom six if I remember right, are, like, all Atlantic Division. Like I, uh, it's significant how much different the it is Pacific versus Atlantic. Like, Atlantic is way worse. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, anyways, tickets to Atlanta Homestead are still on sale, so get mm -hmm. one and come, come find me. Come find me. Yeah. Keep them company. <laughs> um, so that'll be lots of fun. Uh, we're going to move on to next week. Next mm. week is... The All Star, All -Star game, All Star weekend. <laughs> it's gonna be a blast. It's gonna be a huge blast. They're playing tons of different game modes. Yeah. They have Widowmaker one v ones. There's gonna be a talent takedown where the casters are gonna play each other. It's gonna mm. get casted by the players. There's gonna be some extra games which you don't really know what they're gonna be yet. It seems like. Right. I'm not right. sure if all the modes they've brought up are gonna be there, but there's like a potential for tanks only, healers only, DPS only. Oh, there's definitely a tanks only um, already. There's a Shimada Brothers only. only. Yes. So there's some fun. There's some fun. Go check it out. Should Go be a lot of shenanigans. It's usually just uh, usually just fun and entertaining. Something something light, not so serious. It's a break. Um, it's a break for the players and the teams. What's your What's your favorite mode? Um, my favorite thing is I can't can't say mode. My favorite thing is the talent takedown. I like watching the talent okay. get get all up in each other's spaces. They're definitely, I mean, they're entertainers. Yeah. And it, it's definitely it shows. fun to see entertainers on stage playing. Because, like, maybe outside Dogman, you don't really get that kind of emotion on stage, right? Mm -hmm. But these guys are, like, more so just trying to, like, put on a show. They're standing up in their seats and, like, yelling at each other. It's, yeah. 
It's humorous. And uh, your favorite mode? Um, definitely the Widowmaker 1v1. I always find this really exciting to watch. Like, especially when you're invested in it and it's more of a tournament bracket. Like, man, your heart is racing yeah. as this goes through. If you're, like, picking favorites and you're like, all right, I really want Saya player to win this round. Oh, it's just like, you're like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And every time you take a shot, you're like, ah! It's, like, so stressful. Also worth noting, the Atlantic Division jerseys and Pacific Division jerseys are out. And the Atlantic Division jerseys look sick. I love them. Oh, I like the Atlantic ones. And I think the Pacific but ones are. Ugly. I've seen, um, I've seen everyone on Twitter. I've seen a lot of people being like, "These are better than the normal jerseys. These are sick. These are sleek." And then I've also seen like, "These are, these are awful." Yeah. So I fell on the awful side. Okay, well there we go. So check you it out. You might like them. You might, you might like them. You, you could buy them. You could buy. They're a like, hundred dollars though, so just get ready. I, I mean, how much are the jerseys already? Like ninety. Are so they? and you're getting the all star ones, which are a little bit special. Much. And you can get um you could get player specific ones and they it's have all like, player specific. So they you have, have to pick like your the player. Florida like if or whatever. They have your team, team logo on there and the player yeah, name. Yeah, so it's it's along pretty cool. with the big it's Atlantic. Not just like it's an Atlantic jersey with their name that has the team logo on it too. Yeah. It is it is a neat concept. I like them. Um, um and there's the all star skins are really sick. Those I think are sweet. Those are pretty slick. Also, you're gonna get double drops for tokens during the All Star game. Mm -hmm. Six per hour. So Although three. I got, I got two big drops during nice. finals. Got myself my Lucio skin, so now I've got Mercy and Lucio, and I'm set. Now <laughs> I can start working towards my last four Florida Mayhem skins. Wow. Speaking um, of Florida Mayhem, Florida Mayhem traded McGravy off their main roster and Shaxx and Fact Fiction off their contenders roster to the Valiant for Fate. This is a big deal. They're going to get a brand new, amazing main yeah, tank. Yeah, ho, ho, ho. Very this, excited. This was the dream. Like, when we were, when I was originally thinking, like, I haven't really brought this up, but this was one of the main pickups I wanted Florida Mayhem to get and just didn't think was actually going to be a possibility, no. so I never really yeah. brought it up. Like, I never thought the Valiant would actually get rid of Fate, and I never thought we would have something enough in return to actually get him. Like, there was a rumored trade back in the day of fusions for Fate, and, like, at least Fusions is actually a beast. Right. Right? Like, so it's, like, a pretty good trade. Like, I didn't feel like we had – we definitely didn't have a main tank to give them no. on that sort of level, right? So to get Fate, like, it makes sense that we had to give three people. Yeah. Um, well, McGravy – This is, is going to be nuts. Like, they're all good players, too. Yeah, they're all good. But Fate is great. If you remember last year, Fate was in the conversation of top three main tanks. It was Gesture, Mono, and Fate yeah. were generally considered the best three main tanks in the world, with maybe Gushui hitting the conversation by the end of uh, 2018 sure. when the World Cup came in. But, like, this is, he was the main tank for South Korea over Gesture, over Mono. It was Fate, considered like the creme de la crop at the end. Um, and then, and now he's on the Florida Mayhem? This could only end good for us. Like, this is... Or bad for fate. Huge, guys. <laughs> um, and maybe it we'll was see. communication issues that he was having. Now he gets to go into an all-Korean roster. And, like, I'm hoping this is the return of, like, fate to his previous yeah. form alongside Florida Mayhem. Like, I think this is, this is huge. Like, if we could get, as much as I love Zephyr, like, get another off-tank um, to really upgrade, like, our roster already looks solid. And they tweeted emojis right for the mayhem i don't know if you saw the second one where they replied to someone and put like 
the shield shield and then the recycle symbol and yeah the syringe right so it seems like they're gonna be picking up tank and i'm not sure definitely two tanks and i'm not sure if that's a flex support or, or a, a flex, flex player and, and a, support. a support so we'll see we'll um, see how this goes but i think at, at the very least i want to see a flex tank there's lots of rumors um, out of the Korean contenders region that they're like saying like yeah there's a lot of players like being looked at by the mayhem that might be going to the right. mayhem so you're probably expecting it from there but huge first pickup yeah super pumped for sure and just to talk on the valiant I do think this is a good trade for them I don't understand McGravy he's probably just going to be a backup for space because space is space is so good right and I've sure. heard some people say well McGravy can flex anytime we wanted a diva to flex we subbed out McGravy and put in Zephyr. So I'd be surprised if that's why I think he's just a backup. If like well, we also had this weird thing where the sick. person who we wanted to flex was BQB because his Sombras and things were the best. Yes, but, so. but anytime we wanted BQB to, to flex the Sombra, we would bring in Zephyr so he could play Zarya. So he could play Zarya. Well, if McGravy suddenly, if we don't need that person to go to Zarya, if we don't need to move our Zarya yeah. off. And I don't think, Maybe I don't think they'll need Sombra? to. So I don't know. We I don't know what he's got. It. We'll have to see. But. I think Shaxx is going to be an upgrade over KSF. If you watch Contenders, that boy's a beast. True. And and if Goats ever falls out of meta, I think he's a Widowmaker that can match soon. Like, I think Shaxx is going to be your new soon. And also, Valiant fans, he's another cute little young blonde boy. So he's going to fit right in along with the fan art of Agilities and Custa. Perfect. Like, you now have a third, a third cute little blonde boy to draw. Perfect. So fits right into that roster. Right. Um, and then I think Fact Fiction, if you're looking at a non-Korean main tank, he's definitely one of the best out there. So I think those two pickups are the big ones. And then McGravy is maybe just a backup for space. And we'll see if they trade space. That would be nuts. We'll see what happens. I doubt it. We'll move maybe. We'll move forward. And as we go forward, we will continue to watch yeah, the Florida I, Mayhem. There's going to be a lot of trades. There's going to be Florida Mayhem. I wouldn't be surprised to see some more trades from other teams as oh, well. Oh, for sure. Like, Especially in this long break. Yeah. I would I would I would keep an eye out. Be yeah. watching Twitter. We retweet a lot of this stuff. Um I post I share it on Facebook as soon as I see it. So it's we we get it mm -hmm. to you. Yeah. We don't get it to you on Instagram. Sorry. Nope. That's just for pictures. That's of our, that's for of pictures of what's going on. Yeah. And a coffee mug. I posted our coffee mug the other day. Nice. Yeah, it was nice. Anyways, so that is literally all the time that we have. We have used up so much time. Mm -hmm. This is But we had a lot episode. to talk about. We did. We had a lot to talk about. So Thank you for watching. Please mm. make sure you like and share this video or podcast. It's not always a video. You might listen to it on podcast. Mm. I didn't forget about it. If you. you missed it last week, um, if you only ever check our channel on Mondays, we did have a special interview on Wednesday with, with Alonzo, Alonzo LP from the Chaos Crew who mm -hmm. organizes the Florida yes, Mayhem Watch Party. Yes, in Florida. he is the event manager, or the, I think it's event, not manager, but. He's an event manager. Events coordinator? Events coordinator for the Florida Mayhem. Can't remember and president the president of title. the Chaos Crew. Well, founder of the Chaos founder Crew. Founder of the Chaos Crew. Said. So, Whatever. but yeah. So, very involved in the Florida Mayhem, especially in the watch parties and local Florida events. There's a lot of cool insights um, in that video. And it's just a lot of fun to have a third voice on the show. So, hopefully, oh, yeah. we'll get to do that more. Way to get time. Um, it's a webcam thing, too. So, you get to see us in new surroundings. There's multiple cats in that <laughs> video. Sometimes right in front of the camera. My dog's there. I'm not sure if you can hear her snorting, but she was snoring that entire time. Oh. So if you can turn your speakers loud enough, see if you could hear that, because that's always fun. <laughs> but yeah, check that out. Check that out. Uh, make sure check us out. Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. We're on all the major podcasting platforms. Follow us on social media, at Cowl Fans. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. At Cowl Fans. 
Instagrams, Facebook, Twitter. All right. <laughs> Thanks for that. I like that accent. You like that? Yeah. I've been practicing that. Have you? No. Okay. <laughs> Love about to say. I was have, born into that. You should maybe practice it <laughs> some more. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, big thanks to the Popped Off guys for yeah. helping us with all our podcast hosting and graphical needs. Mm-hmm. They're amazing swell fellas. That's all we've got for you today. I'm Alurimore. I'm Hallie. And we will be coming back at you next week. Bye-bye.